0: Rushdani Radio presents An Informed Faith, the position papers of R. J. Rushtuni by Roush's John Rushdani, narrated by Nathan F. Conkey, produced with permission by the Calcedon Foundation. Chapter 36, Absolutizing the Relative, Calcedon Position Paper No. 130, February 1991. One of the great sins of any age is to absolutize the relative and this evil is especially common in our time. We are told of God that he is perfection, all-sufficient, eternal and unchangeable. He needs neither correction nor change. Over the centuries, men have repeatedly tried to force a fixity on the human scene as though perfection exists or can exist among men. This means absolutizing the relative. It means requiring a fixity of men and institutions which is ungodly. An important area of such demand for fixity has been the state and its rulers. In the medieval era, many thinkers, much influenced by Greek philosophy, began to stress such an uncritical acceptance of the status quo. Although more than a few theologians spoke of the moral necessity of opposing tyrants and tyranny, all too many contributed to the growing political doctrine of the divine right of kings. The subject, it was held, owed an unconditional obedience to the monarch. James I of England was a passionate adherent of this doctrine in the 17th century, and Cromwell was its enemy. The doctrine is not dead. It has simply taken other forms. In the trials of Christian schools and churches in the late 1970s and into the 1980s, I found some clergymen radically opposed to any and all opposition to the state as a violation of romans 13:1 and following they viewed resistors as ungodly men and violators of scripture more than a century ago charles hodge in his commentary on the epistle to the ephesians dealt with this basic issue in his observation of ephesians 5:21 with respect to the obedience of wives to their husbands quote it teaches its extent not its degree. It extends over all departments, but is limited in all, first by the nature of the relation, and secondly by the higher authority of God. End quote. Nothing in this world can command our unconditional love, nor our unconditional obedience. Not even God's love for us, nor his mercy, grace, and patience are unconditional. All are covenanted. And are subject to the terms of God's covenant. Because our thinking has become non-covenantal, and even anti-covenantal, we absolutize the relative. One of America's finest Christian thinkers wrote in mid-1990, unquote, when is it right to leave the church, End quote, and concluded that it is never right, no matter how deep the faithlessness. Oddly enough, he quotes Calvin, broke with Rome. Of course, our Lord and his disciples broke with the church of their day. We cannot give to the church the unconditional loyalty which belongs only to God. To absolutize either the state or the church is to de God in one's thinking. It means a rejection of the covenant, that God-given contract of law and grace. The absence of covenantal thinking is a prominent aspect of the church today. A sad example of this is the tenth annual national Christian prayer breakfast to quote, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, end quote, January thirtieth nineteen ninety one in washington d c besides prominent members of Congress, this gathering is to include major churchmen. The stated quote, purpose end quote of this breakfast meeting is quote, to honor Israel by demonstrating our Lord's unconditional love for his ancient chosen people, quote. unconditional love? This statement nullifies the law and the prophets. Our Lord plainly said to Israel, quote, The kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof, end quote, Matthew 21:43. The churches today face a like judgment for their presumption in affirming a non-covenantal, unconditional love on God's part for them. One noted preacher of unconditional love has said that once we say, quote, yes, unquote, to Jesus, we bind God unconditionally. He writes, quote, you can even become an atheist, but if you once accepted Christ as your savior, you can't lose your salvation, end quotes, quotes. Do you know that if you were a genius, you couldn't figure out a way to go to hell? You can blaspheme, you can deny the Lord, you can commit every sin in the Bible plus all the others, but there is just no way. End quote. Cited by A. J. Ten Pass, The Lordship of Christ, pages nineteen and twenty. Another area where we commonly find men absolutizing the relative is marriage. The quote, "no divorce" end quote, doctrine is becoming common among evangelicals. And as I travel, I see the disasters it creates and the evils. In one case, a woman was told she must not leave her child molesting husband, even though he was molesting their own child as well as others. But marriage is a covenant, and most marriage services still retain the covenantal wording quote, I do vow and covenant. End quote. A covenant is a treaty and contract. It requires obedience to the terms and it can be dissolved when the terms are violated. To make marriage unconditional is to absolutize the relative and to hand over power to the evil partner. The same is true of parental authority. Paul, in Ephesians six four warns fathers not to provoke their children to wrath. Their authority is conditional. Remember, too, that the commandment is to, quote, Honour thy father and thy mother, end quote, Exodus 20:12. An aspect of honour is godly obedience, where due. Paul says, in Romans 13:7, quote, Render therefore to all their dues, Tribute to whom tribute is due, Custom to whom custom, Fear to whom fear, Honour to whom honour, quote. In every sphere of life, all relationships are under God's covenant law, and are totally subject to his word and will, not man's. The drive everywhere to make all things unconditional means that we demand a continuation of the status quo, not godly reformation and change. Too often, it is the wrongdoers who insist on unconditional love, obedience, allegiance, and so on. A few years ago, a friend of Chalcedon, after careful investigation, confronted a nationally known pulpiteer with his financial crimes with church funds. The pastor's response was, How dare you criticise me? Don't you know I am the Lord's anointed? This is the common refuge of scoundrels. You have no right, no grounds, no reason. Why? Supposedly because God has unconditionally guaranteed their status and power. To insist on an unconditional love or obedience or anything on the human scene is to deny God's covenant and to become a covenant-breaker, an outlaw in God's sight. If the covenant, which is basic to Scripture, indeed the Bible is the book of the covenant, means anything, then those who absolutize a relative place themselves outside of God's covenant. God requires our unconditional obedience to him. Not to church, state, husband, employer, or anything else, our Lord is emphatic on this matter. Quote, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve quote, matthew four ten submission to human authorities is required of us quote, for the lord's sake first peter two thirteen to sixteen to further godly order, and to use our liberty quote, as the servants of God. We are not called to be revolutionists, but a dominion people in Christ. We know that man's wrath accomplishes no good. We neither rebel against things, for we are called to be peacemakers, nor do we submit to evil out of cowardice. We must be governed by the covenant and its law. To absolutize the relative means that we are governed by the human scene rather than by the covenant of God and his law. It means that preserving the status quo is more important than God's righteousness or justice. It is an ironic fact that those who most insist on absolutizing the relative create the most rebellions, whether in church, state, marriage, or any other sphere. The doctrine of unconditional love, obedience, Loyalty or whatever else men seek to fix as unchanging becomes usually a greater instrument of change, because the temporal cannot be fixed nor absolutized in God's world. Henry Dwight Sedgwick, seventeen eighty five to eighteen thirty one, in the North American Review, october eighteen twenty four, expressed the Unitarian hope of his day for a humanistic law. He wrote quote, When the law shall have become Thoroughly conformed to the spirit of the age, authority will become of double value and efficacy. End quote. However, replacing God's law with man's law has destroyed authority and created lawlessness and crime. The legal revolution has absolutized and created lawlessness and crime. The legal revolution has absolutized the relative by denying God's higher law. It has treated biblical law with contempt and status law with reverence. But instead of doubling the efficacy and authority of this law, it has eroded it. We live in the shambles of this humanistic revolution which first created the Renaissance and later the modern age. The church has too often imitated humanism. It has become antinomian, relativizing God's law while at the same time transferring the absolute to the human scene. The result is judgment. Well done for listening all the way to the end. This is Nathan, the narrator, speaking to you from Puebla, Mexico, from the Faith for All of Life school in which I teach English as a volunteer. I teach from kinder through high school. Now, I rely on donations in order to keep teaching and recording. So, if you want to support a Faith for All of Life school in Latin America and want to keep listening to Rush Dooney while you vacuum, drive or cook, commute or whatever you're doing right now, donate at cten.org forward slash Nathan Conkey. That's N-A-T-H-A-N-C-O-N-K-E-Y, all lowercase. Or, if you prefer PayPal, paypal.me forward slash capital N -n 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 Nathan capital C Konky. You can also email me at nfconkey, that's nfconkey at gmail.com. Thanks, and I look forward to speaking to you very soon.